Welcome to the Natural Running Network. My name is Richard Diaz, and what I hope to do is introduce you to some amazing athletes and luminaries from the sports science community, and what has come to be expected, I'll provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sports and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. Now sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. Okay, guys, I am back, and... Um, I have the great pleasure of bringing on the show today, Rebecca Hammond. And if you don't know that name, you're going to soon because she's been scorching the race circuit, at least the Spartan race circuit of late. And everybody's going, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? And like, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and so I uh, did some research and finally found a way to get her on with me. And Rebecca, say hello to everybody. Hello. It's a pleasure to be on today. Thank you so much. All right. So, Rebecca, we've been talking and uh, we needed to a little bit because, again, I, I follow this stuff. You know, I've got athletes I coach. They're in the sport, so I kind of have to follow it. And as I suggested to you earlier, I'm looking at the uh, live feed of the West Virginia event and I kept seeing this long black ponytail. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, who's that? You know, and I'm like, who's that? And uh, lo and behold, it was you. Yeah. Would you mind uh, if you could just bring people up to speed a little bit with where you came from? Where I came from? You yeah, mean, well, like... what I mean, but like, okay, so you, all of a sudden, you dipped into OCR racing. It's new to you. The events that you're competing in have really little to do with things that you've done in the past, other than running is involved. So, <laughs> kind of share with us how that all kind of came about. Yeah. So, well, first of all, I grew up in the hills of Northern California, like out in the boonies, running around um, the hills, climbing trees, etc. Um, so uh, this, this, I mean, a lot of the obstacles are kind of like, you know, stuff I would do as a kid. But um, my sort of competitive sports background uh, started in high school with horseback riding. I did equestrian eventing and um, then transitioned into running in college. Um, and that was the first time I took running really seriously. Um, and But I always kind of had this exogenous upper body strength <laughs> that was just kind of unnecessary. Like I always just had that and I was just carrying it around. And so um, after I finally sort of took a break from competitive running in med school, um, I ran a Tough Mudder with some friends, just the, you know, open, like run slowly and wait in line, et cetera. And that was when I realized that this could be a good sport for me because I was like, oh, I can do these obstacles and it's running. So those are, you know, it's a good combination. Um, and then I did sort of one um, Spartan in the wintertime. I did the Greek Peak Winter Sprint, um, which... I know now is not like other Spartans, but it's, I still, um, I found out that I like, um, placed like, you know, beat the elite woman. So after that, I actually, before I even ran my first elite race, um, I was in, um, like Brazil meeting a bunch, of, I was in Brazil doing a trauma surgery rotation and, uh, meeting a bunch of people for the first time. And they, asked me, yeah, I would like go on runs and they asked me about, you know, what sport do you do? 
And I actually told them I'm going to be an obstacle course racer. (laughs) So already at that point, I kind of knew that that was going to, that was going to happen. Um, and I, again, I'd only done, I'd done the tough mutter a couple years ago and then that Greek peak winter sprint, I hadn't yet done an elite thing, but I just, it just like, I knew that it was going to be right. Um, it was just kind of the perfect culmination of sort of my personality and basically what I've been doing all my life, like running around. I love, you know, hiking, clambering over things. I just started rock climbing. Well, now my head is just buzzing with thought here. So I'm looking at your pedigree and knowing that you were, you know, 800 meter, one mile, that's kind of your thing. And here we are. And I think you told me a little earlier that this West Virginia event was the longest race that you've ever done. Yeah, it's actually tied for the longest run I've ever done. Um, I've run, (laughs) I did a 13 mile run like two years ago and I haven't run that far since. So yeah, so going into it, I was like, oh my goodness, I have no idea what's going to happen. And at mile eight, I was like, okay, just keep running. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we talked about this and your plan is, barring any unforeseen circumstances, you're going to go to Tahoe. Yes. And obviously enough, that's going to be a whole nother deal. Well, you're from Northern California, so you've got a sense of what that's all about, right? Yeah. So I've been to the, um, I've been to that ski resort and actually in July I had some time off, a little bit of time off and, um, visited that the, I visited Squaw and did like one little run up it and was like, Oh my God, this is very challenging. (laughs) Now when I'm just trying to figure out, this is more of a coach curiosity that I have is like, here you are for the most part, you're a short distance gal. You know, you, you like the fast, short, quick stuff. And bang, you go right into a beast and bang, you go right into the world championships. I would think that you would have really gravitated towards like stadium events and the sprint events because you like to get it done. Most uh, milers that I know, they like to knock it out, get it done and go intense. So is this like just a curiosity for you or how is this working for you? Um, yeah, I guess it didn't really occur to me to do stadium stuff. Um, I did CrossFit for a couple months. Um last year and uh and i enjoyed that um but again like i'm never gonna um snatch you know 200 pounds um so it was always the running the running heavy crossfit workouts that i was the best at and yeah i guess i I guess it's kind of coincidence that there haven't really been stadium sprints that um that i've like thought about going to I, i i didn't really consider that right well if I was coaching you, that's what I'd be considering. <laughs> I'd be thinking about, you know, how you'd have an opportunity to dominate the the shorter distance events. But lo and behold, you go out and you, you, I mean, I'd imagine the look on some of the girls' faces, like Faye and Nicole and Lindsay, and, you know, I don't know how familiar you were with the girls before you met up at West Virginia, but uh, I'm sure that they were a little taken back by your performance, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Did you talk about it with them? I mean, I mean, I know some of these girls and, and uh, you know, they're all good eggs and I, I'm sure they take it with a, you know, a, a little interest and curiosity. And but uh, I'm, I'm like thinking if I would have been if I would have been Nicole or somebody like that, I'd be thinking, oh, just what we needed. Another one to deal with. Right. <laughs> Nicole is awesome. She's lovely. She um, 
She's. Uh, I think she's currently recruiting a track friend to um, join OCR. So she's someone who really like wants to bring in new blood, and that's awesome. Um, so yeah, yeah. And you know, I was like breathing down her neck that whole time. So probably in the beginning, she was like, "What the heck? Like, are you going to be able to stick on?" Which is exactly what I was thinking. Right. And then it just happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I just. I, I mean, I'm looking at it from a business perspective because it's kind of what I do, right? I'm I'm just thinking that, I mean, these girls have been battling each other for years now. And they kind of know what they're dealing with when they go into these events when they're competing with each other. It's just a function of who's healthy, who's not, who's been racing, who's not. And they can pretty much sum it up and figure out what they need to do and what potential is for them to be successful. And then here you come out of nowhere, and you know the the new term for you is the dark horse, right? You you come out of nowhere, and like they don't know what to do with you. It's like, you know, they don't know whether you, you know you're just going to fire it up and blow up somewhere along the course, or whether you're the real deal. And they probably still don't know. They're probably still figuring out, you know, what to do with you. So, I just look at it from that perspective. I just think it's interesting, an interesting problem for your competition because. I mean, these girls do this for a living. And, you know, even though that they're, you know, they're a lot of fun and, you know, they encourage others and what have you, you know, they'd like to get that check at the end of the day. And, you know, totally. yeah, so you took a check home that somebody else would have liked to own. So <laughs> I look at it from that perspective. And, and so now with Tahoe, there was Susanna that comes over from Europe and you don't hear from her. She's she was the dark horse. She just came out of nowhere and started crushing souls, and nobody really knew what to do with her. They just knew she was this phenom that comes over from Europe and shows up in Tahoe, and, you know, they don't know what to do with her. And, and so, like, now all of a sudden, you're that wild card again. You just opened up the floodgates with thought. What do we do with this new wild card? How is she going to fare on the mountain in this distance of an event? And uh, I don't know. So what? I, I, I guess i got so many questions. Um, what is your training looking like? Are you just have you been thinking towards well, I better start mountain running and you're starting to put a lot of volume in? What are you doing? Yeah, so this coming month, I'm going to try and um, get to some mountains. I'm taking a research month, so I'm gonna be writing a paper about unitary psychosis if you if you're interested. Um, and um, but I will be I'm gonna try and get out west and get to some altitude and do some mountain running. Um, I'm, I want to make sure not to overdo it, but at the same time, I definitely have to do some hard work, especially these first two weeks. Um, I think part of my success at West Virginia had to do with the fact that I didn't train that hard or consistently this past month. But again, that's, that's a little bit dangerous for this, for Tahoe, because that means that my base isn't necessarily that strong. I got some hard training in, in July, but, um, August was a little bit iffy. So, um, so I'm kind of in between like putting, you know, putting some more sort of base training in and then tapering. So I think it's going to look like hard training for the first couple of weeks and then taking it easy for the last two. When you talk about, uh, putting in hard training, give me a sense of what that looks like. Uh, what's your volume look like? And give me a sense of how you kind of put your week together. Yeah. So, um, so I'm actually, I'm a chronically injured runner or like I've always been someone who kind of cross trains and races. And I think that's part of why I was a mid distance runner and not longer. Like I think I probably would have been a five K or something in college had I not um, always been injured and not been able to get in the mileage. Um, but the, it turns out that trail running is actually a lot friendlier on my um, legs. So um, 
I think I'm going to shoot for four times running per week, maybe five. And I think one of those days is going to be easy and long. Um, slow running is something that I've recently learned about and it's really great. And, um, out you don't get injured as much. Um, and then I'm going to have one threshold workout, um, where I just try and keep my heart rate at 80 to 85% for a long time. Then I'll do some hill repeats, um, with kind of like longer hills, hopefully. And then some shorter, um, stuff maybe with a carry, but for a little bit more power, um, to kind of get that base strengthened. Because I, I find that at this point I can't, like I can't get my heart rate up hill climbing because I just can't push myself enough. Um, maybe it's mental. Maybe it's that I just don't have the power. I don't know, but I have some work to do with Hills. That's for sure. So when it's all said and done, what do you think the volume is going to look like in the week? Are you, are you talking mileage? Yes. I, so I yes. I don't really, I don't really, um, go by miles. I don't actually even have a running watch. Um, <laughs> so I just kind of go, um, so for, oh, so for like my threshold, I've worked up to now I do about 60 minutes of threshold. When you speak of threshold, is this perceptive work or are you actually looking at heart rate or how are you doing this? Oh, yeah. So I have, I have a heart rate monitor. Oh, got it. I, so I do look at my heart rate, but it, I don't have time. Well, yeah. I, guess, I guess, yeah, you know, for, the, for that I do have time. I time it for 60 minutes. But do then you, for my other ones, for like co-ops, I don't. Have you been tested? For like... V VO2? Um, I haven't been tested for VO2, no. With my uh, Norwegian team, we used to do lactate. Okay. But... Yeah, not recently. So what was your lactate threshold heart rate? Uh, well, I, I, I don't know, actually know if I like directly correlated it, but I think it's right around 170. Um, and right now it's more, it feels like 160 is like a relaxed threshold and 170 is like the hard part of threshold. So it's between there, like 165 maybe. So do you don't build your training around that? Do you, do you kind of target that, that window when you start talking about threshold, you're trying to push up to like 165 and hang out? Yeah, when I'm doing when I'm doing a threshold run, yes. The other runs I haven't been looking at my heart rate. I haven't really been paying attention to anything else other than um, my, you know, how I feel. But I, I think I should start to for hills because again, I'll look afterwards and see that oh my god, my heart rate only got up to like the mid 150s or something during that giant hill climb that felt horrible. And I find that during these races, my heart rate isn't is definitely not going into threshold. You think it's because your your legs just aren't carrying your heart? Maybe that might be it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much you know about me, but uh, that's my thing is I do VO2 testing on athletes have, have been really? for the past 20 some odd years. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So most of the programs that I write for my athletes are heart rate driven. And, awesome. But I don't draw blood. I don't see that as being as important as getting the ventilatory threshold information. And I build cases around the respiratory exchange ratio to figure out what to do with them. Very nice. So that's my curiosity. That's why I'm asking about heart rate and what have you. <laughs> I find that uh, when we're really keeping track of that type of information, mm -hmm. that it helps us to build a case when we're leading into an event. And so, for example, with Callie, who you, you met and raced, um, I have history with her. I know very precisely what is doable, what's not doable, where we can press, where we can't, just relative to the, the history that we've seen with her heart rate responses and the type of terrain she's on. So we collect all that information. So Tahoe. Obviously enough, you're not going to quit your day job. No. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to turn into a professional OCR athlete and say, you know, I was going to be a physician, but nah, I'm not going to do that anymore. 
No, sadly. Well, sadly, I'm sure you probably are looking forward to your career, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, no, I'm very excited. But um, but those years so fun, and I tend to I tend to be someone who gets really swept up in sports and like you know kind of goes crazy and. Well, you know what's going to happen is maybe like five years from now, when the sport starts to evolve and mature and money really becomes a thing in the sport, they're going to support someone on the medical team that's going to going to be the back end of things. And maybe you can kind of wet your whistle there. You never know, right? I, I, I'm trying to look ahead. I'm trying to see where, you know, obviously, I'm an old man, so I've, I've been at this a long time. And I, I really look at the youth and I look at the future in the sport because I think it's going to. I think it's going to be something special. And, uh, you know, I, I once upon a time made the comment to Amelia Boone, you know, she's a successful attorney. I said, so if the money got right, would you quit your day job? You know, and she laughed, you know, like, you know, that's never going to happen. I thought, well, I said, what if somebody handed you a check for $4 million to, you know, I mean, would you think about it then? And see, you, you, I saw the look on your face. You said, well, maybe. <laughs> well, take some time off and get back to it, like. I don't know. Once your training's done, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I just, I would love to see the sport flourish to a point where the athletes that are in the sport trying to make a living, which requires that they dedicate their their day to day to the totally. sport in training, they, they have the luxury of doing that, like like a golfer or somebody like that, you know? Yeah. Right? Well, it's getting to that point. I mean, part of the you you were speaking earlier about how you know people there are so many wild cards in the sport and that's kind of the beauty at this stage. Like you just don't know who's going to walk on because it's not like the field isn't, you know, it's getting impacted, but it's not very impacted. Um, and somebody, you know, some like Olympic, you know, Olympic caliber, um, runner person could just run on and take over. We don't know that could happen tomorrow. Like it just, you know, it could happen anytime. Um, and then there's also all of the kind of unknowns with the obstacles, um, where somebody could just, you know, there could just be a very slippery slip wall and half the people fail it. And that just kind of throws a bone in everybody's expectations. Right. Um, but, um, what you were saying about, um, yeah, yeah, no, I think, I think the sport will get there. It's just at this point, it's not quite, or it is there. I mean, there are people who do it professionally, obviously, but, um, but you don't necessarily have to. Um, but actually I will be going into emergency medicine, which once I'm done with my residency is, um, like you can kind of go month to month. So if I'm, if I'm not super old and haggard at that point. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, I think that, uh, I think that there's going to be an opportunity and you're, you're absolutely right. I've been doing this podcast for about five years now and I've interviewed a lot of athletes and, and before there was OCR, I was doing this podcast and a lot of the interviews I was doing was with uh, ultra distance runners. Um, I interviewed Michael Johnson, who, you know, obviously enough was the fastest man on the planet. And, uh, and I've talked to some guys, I have some friends that are uh, professional mountain runners. I know some of the greatest triathletes that ever lived. And I've talked to these guys and say, Hey, dude, are, have you not been paying attention to what's happening with OCR? And they look at me like, eh, you know, I don't know. You think so? Don't Do you... tell them. Don't tell them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, why don't you give it a shot? You know, and they're like, eh, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't... You really think it's going to be there in another couple of years? Dude, it's going to be there. And I, like, for example, Joe Gray, who is a phenomenal mountain runner and has been representing the United States for the past five, six years, I believe, and just an amazing mountain runner. And I thought, Joe, dude, you could just waltz in here and just crush this stuff, you know. 
um, work on your upper body strength a little bit, get this obstacle thing managed and, and, you know, you can start getting paid. He goes, yeah, I don't know. I'm getting paid now. I don't, I don't. And they just don't see it. Now, right. I think, I think what's going to happen is somebody's going to step up. It's going to happen. I'll bet you it happens next year. I'll yeah. Just, I'll put it out there. Next year, somebody is going to step up and they're going to throw some serious money at it. And it's going to cause everybody to pay attention. And that's when it's going to, the floodgates are going to open up. You're going to start seeing these professional middle distance athletes like yourself come in and, you know, say, ah, I could do this, you know, why not? You know, I'm going to take a shot at it. And it, then it's going to get really entertaining. So okay. I think it, they, they're going to have to make the obstacles harder. You think so? Yeah. I mean, because at this point, like if you if you are a runner who is coordinated and has some upper body strength, like you can do the obstacles if you practice them a little bit. So I, I think they're going to have to make the obstacles harder. I mean, well, at least I want them to because, <laughs> you know, I can raise the bar a little bit for entry. Right. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've uh, seen it, but I actually have shirts made with my logo on the front and on the back. It says hashtag you can't win if you run like shit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so the point being is that I've always said, and I mean, I'm, I, I teach running mechanics. So I've always said that in this sport, you have to learn to run. You, right. You know, sport you, is running. Right now, the sport is a long race with some like little, you know, speed bumps. Speed right. bumps, right? Um, and you, that's where you're starting to see that the the cream of the crop are runners. They're They're very capable runners. And that's getting the rest of it sorted out. And I'm not taking anything away from those that are really obstacle proficient, and that's kind of their thing. But believe me, when it, well, I don't have to tell you, I think you agree with me, that if, if you don't have the ability to run well, you're going to have a hell of a time with, with the totally. field. Yeah, totally. so. yeah, obstacle specialists, like American Ninja Warrior stuff, that's more obstacle specialist stuff, because this is about running, like this is mountain running. But you're, you're absolutely right. I just uh, I've, I know some people that are very, very capable when it comes to obstacles, but if they don't get their run game together, it's just going to be a tough road to hoe. Um, so, so Tahoe, you know, I, I like how you're, you're kind of looking at this like, eh, well, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have to push a little bit and then I'll start tapering and then I'm going to go out there and hit this thing. I'd love to see you thinking in terms of Tahoe four weeks ago, right? Yeah, I just couldn't. I, I like I did. I just you know, was in the hospital and like couldn't train. So I, I would have liked to too. I guess what you're thinking is, hey, I just came in second in the national championships. <laughs> Why not just go ahead and go over to Tahoe and see if I can uh, take this thing? Was that kind of yeah. a thought? Um, yeah, well, I, I guess before um, North American championships, I wasn't really like I you know people told me oh like you should you know you could really do well at world championships and I was kind of thinking yeah like maybe I can place top 10 but now I'm like oh like actually no I mean it's it's not really out of reach like it's it's um this like at West Virginia I wasn't I wasn't redlining like it was hard and I didn't want to keep running I wanted to stop because I don't like running but <laughs> but um it was but I wasn't you know I had some left so I think that was a, it was a really good lesson to have this, that first, um, beast. And I know Tahoe will be longer. It will be at altitude. It will be more sustained climbing rather than stop and walk, which was really nice at West Virginia. Um, but yeah, now I'm realizing that this is something that like, I should, I should really like kind of focus on this. But that said, like sometimes, especially with me, if I focus on something too hard, it can be too much. So I kind of have to make sure that I'm 
that I find balance and I don't overdo it this month. I think that would kind of be the biggest danger for me. Yeah. You're looking at your inherent talent and you have the confidence that if you just apply yourself that you have a pretty good shot. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah. Uh, it would have been fun to see if we just kind of took away all the other obligations you have and just focus on about uh, a good solid four or five months preparing for something like this to see what yeah. would happen, you know? Yeah. And, and see, now, if they put uh, $500,000 on first place, you might have thought about that a little bit more, right? I didn't even hear. I didn't even know about it four or five months ago. <laughs> that's so crazy. I mean, that's just so crazy because I guarantee you that uh, the women that you're going to be competing with have been thinking about it all year. Yeah. And they were thinking about it last year and thinking about after last year what they're going to do this year. You know, it's a big deal for a lot of these people. And here you kind of traipse in here and it's, yeah. inter it's so interesting. It's just, it's so nonchalant, you know? I mean, it's just so nonchalant that you just kind of, yeah, well, you know, I'll put a couple weeks into it and give it a shot. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't I don't mean to say that it's, um, that I'm not taking it seriously or that, you know, one doesn't need to. Um, but it's, it's kind of like the best I can do. And you can only really do the best you can do. So you can either like stress about it or you can say, oh, that's the best I can do. I'm going to do it. And yeah, so I'm just trying, I'm trying to keep that mindset because otherwise like before West Virginia, I could have been freaking out because I hadn't been training really. But instead I was like, nope, it's the best I could do. Like I'm going to do it. We'll see what happens. So you kind of have to do that when you can't just do everything full time. I mean, you kind of have to do that anyway. You right. always have like, I can only do the best I can do. And that's it. <laughs> well, I think it's a great attitude. Don't get me wrong. I'm not berating you for, for the way you're looking at this. I just I just think it's novel. I think it's interesting that that you could even consider. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to rule you out. As, I mean, I asked Callie, I said, what do you think? Top five, top 10? What do you think? She goes, I wouldn't rule her out for top five. And uh, I started doing the math and started thinking about who that's going to be. I mean, I know who the likely suspects are. And then all of a sudden you show up and we, we don't know. Incidentally, I'll be there. I'm actually doing some interviews there, and uh, uh, I have some athletes that are going to be competing there. Callie will be there, and I've got VJ's going to do it. I, I'm actually working with VJ to get him prepared for this distance, and I've kept him off this distance all season. We've been focusing on shorter stuff because, you know, VJ's just going to turn 20 years old. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, smart. You're thinking yeah, ahead. Yeah, well, and his his background is short distance stuff. He was like you, you know. He's he can crush that 5K. He can crush that mile, and uh, just doesn't have the uh, the seasoned uh, aspect of being a long distance runner yet. And right. and I I said, why rush it? What we got time? Let's let's wait. Let's just you know get your name out there and let's let's be successful in the shorter stuff and. He's done a pretty good job. He's he's coming in and showing up pretty well, and he's great at the stadium. He's great at the sprint, and, he, and he's he's very respectable in the uh, the super distance. Well, obviously he came he came second behind Ryan Atkins uh, Noram for the for the three K, which you know only a few seconds back. Truth be told, had he known how close he was, he probably would have caught him. Oh, yeah, kind of sad, but uh, just the fact that he knows that is already good stuff. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you up there, and uh, I'm going to make a point to reach out to you and say hello and, and get face-to-face -face with you, and, and I wish you the best. I think, uh, I think it's really cool that you're – well, before I go away, I was going to ask you this question, and I don't want to walk away from it without. Can you give me some numbers on the type of times you did in school, like for your mile time? So PR. Uh, my PR 1500 
was 424, which I think translates to a 440-something, 47 maybe. Okay. Um, then my 800 was 211 point something. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, those are right. And then I don't – like, I ran a 5K road race – um in boston i hadn't really run the 5k before that really and that was a seven like low 17s i think i might be totally wrong though but <laughs> but i think low 17s is the fastest i've run a 5k but it was a road race what's the course like that was that was pretty flat okay. that was in boston or okay. in cambridge okay. or something yeah it wasn't it was that was not the focus of my season i was a track runner i totally understand well again i'm looking forward to seeing you up at tahoe i appreciate you took the time and uh I wish you the best of luck uh, in both regards uh, with your career. You know, it's uh, I'm sure that's just been a long time coming and you're going to go into your residency soon. So that's all good stuff. Where are you going to go into residency again? You mentioned that. I do not know yet. I think I will go somewhere west. Um, whether it's L.A., Oakland, like Denver. I don't know. Um, I mean, Boston's not totally out of the picture, but I think I'm going to go west. Denver. Denver. Yeah. 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 Stay in the mountains. But isn't it, I feel like Denver, there's like all that traffic to get into the mountains all the time. So it's kind of actually hard to get to the mountains. Is that true? No. No? No. <laughs> no. Wait, I mean, go to Boulder. I mean, yeah. there's a whole lot of opportunities where training is concerned when you get to Denver or in that area anyway. Um, yeah, that, it would actually would be really good because I would be able to do both. Because I, like, if I'm stuck in LA or Oakland, it's like, yeah, you can get to places. But like just living a mile high and having the mountains right there. So that I could actually train even while working, that would be awesome. I live an hour north of Los Angeles, and that's the last place you want to go. Really? Yeah, you don't, you don't want to go to LA. This is great. It would be a great place to spend the rest of my twenties and early thirties. Yeah. But maybe yeah. uh, UCLA or something like that. Yeah, they have really a great emergency medicine program. Yeah. But um, but Denver also does, so you know. Yeah. We'll be looking at all those. Well, again, uh, thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, I wish you the best of luck at Tahoe, and I look forward to meeting you when I get up there. Thank you so much for having me, and definitely reach out. Yeah. All right, I will. Take care. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.